Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Peterson. Thank you for being with me. Uh, you can get involved by going to our YouTube channel, uh, chat line, and uh, I can respond to your questions and comments as they come in. And how is your, good morning, everybody here. Good morning. Hi, y'all. Good. Oh, good. So, I have a uh, good, good biblical question for this week. It is amazing. An amazing question. And I've already tested it on the guys. It was interesting what they said. So uh, I'm not sure if I should ask that now or find anybody have anything you want to talk about? Any questions or comments about anything? No? You guys just came to get and not to bring. Nobody brought anything, right? It's interesting how human beings can get addicted to just receiving from the outside and not really going inside and then discovering and then sharing that with others. Um, that's what a lot of churches do. They just read the Bible and quote the scriptures. You say amen, and then you go home with nothing. But I want you to know for yourself, I want you to bring stuff to me too because I need your help as well. It's a fellowship. It's not just a coming to, you know, externally learn about things. I'm trying to point you back to yourself so you can discover and, and share as well. All right? So don't just, don't be a robot. Yes. Friday on the radio, you said you were going to answer the biblical question, how do you see women? And I don't think you got around to it. Oh, I did not. I forgot. Yes, dear. Uh, oh, something different than what he said. Yeah. Oh, I'll come to you in a minute. Uh, I see women in my in that fallen state. I saw women the way that the average man see them. Yeah. When you first see them, you're not thinking it. Uh, oh, I wonder if she's smart. <laughs> I wonder uh, how bright she is. What her brains are like. You know. You think sex. That's because you're in that fallen state. And that's all you see. Well, you know, you see, like, wow, she's fine. And then sex. And then, but you pretend like you're interested in the brains. She's like, don't you want to know how smart I am? You're like, yes. And you can care less. <laughs> but now that I'm out of that state, or coming out of it, I see them in the same way I see human beings, men, women, the same. They are human beings created by God, and they need God love, God's love. They need to be told the truth. They need to be treated fairly, just like anyone else. No difference. And I think, not I think, that's why men and women are in a fallen state, because in that fallen state, it awakens your lower nature, your animal nature, and, and that's what brings men and women together. Because when you wake up out of it, you, you're no longer operating from that animal nature. So you're not as interested in that at all as you would be in the fallen state. So that's why you have, the fallen state happened. So men and women can get married, make a baby, make, you know, 10 or 12 babies. And then not like the white people making one and two, uh, but like the blacks and the Mexicans. Well, not even the blacks anymore. Just the Mexicans, right? Mexicans have cut back too. Huh? Mexicans have a lot of babies. 
uh, the Mexicans that are born here have cut back. Oh, they've cut back? Well, I know the Mormons are having them. But you, sort of, you have them till you can't have any more. Then you start returning, coming out of that fallen state. So I see them the same way I see all human beings now. Isn't that amazing? How, how do you see them? It's going to sound pretty cheesy, but I, I see them the same. But they need to be, uh, as a man, they, they need to be protected. Who? Women. Oh, cheesy. Right. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm just doing, I just said it because you said it. They do need to be protected. It's the order. As Christ protect man, man protect woman. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. I was just going to share something that happened this week. Um, there was an opportunity where I was speaking with somebody, and I had an idea of how I, I knew that I need to speak up or say something I need to say. And because of this person's past, I had an idea of what they might say or yeah. how it was going to go and that it was going to go exactly the wrong way. So I was tempted not to say anything. And I almost just didn't. And then, but that person kept nagging at it. So I'm like, okay, now I know I got to say something. And I said it. And then it, for not only was it totally, because my intention was I'm, if I say something, I'm going to prove that I'm right. And they're going to be wrong, and they're going to be mad that they're wrong, and they're going to get on me for my opinion. So not only when I said it, that everything that was playing in my head totally did not happen, yeah. I realized I was wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I would have never known that if I would have held that back. And not only did they not react to it, they handled it correctly. There was no argument or anything, but then they gave me some insight to, to, for me to realize that what I was going to say was totally off. Yeah, but if right. I didn't say that, I would have been locked in my head thinking I had the right answer and <laughs> being afraid to say something because I wanted to avoid whatever. Isn't that nice so. <laughs> to learn that, to realize that? Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. I, um, I, was taught, I have this friend, uh, Clint, down in Alabama, and he had to take a test for his job, and months went by, months and months went by, and he was like, oh, no. I, I, I'll take it later. I'll take it later. Because Satan had told him he was not going to pass the test. And he was making up all these excuses. He was like, oh, these young white boys come in here. Their fathers work here already. They already got, you know, have it, right? And I'm like, no, don't be thinking that way. Just go and do it. See what happens. You have nothing to lose. Like, you're not going to get fired. It's a test to get a promotion. So you're not going to get fired. You're not going to lose any money. Just go and take the test. Because, you know, your mind is lying to you. And you're like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. He doesn't sound quite like that, but. I call, this guy called me up on my radio show on Friday, pretending like he cared, he, uh, he was not for, uh, oh, pretending that he was for the wall going up or something with the illegal alien. You heard that call? And so he pretended like he was concerned about the water. Well, what about the water? We're not going to be able to get the water if they put the wall up, right? And I said, don't worry about the wall. I mean, the water. We'll take care of the water. You'll have water. Don't worry about it. Oh, and he kept going, oh, oh, the water. So I asked him if he was concerned, was he for the wall going up? And he was like, no. And I said, uh-huh, you were lying to me. You're a snake in the grass. He's for, uh, he didn't want to put the wall up. 
And so I went to a commercial. When I came before, when I came back from the commercial, I said, "Let me go back to this caller, this snake in the grass, who is uh, pretending to be a friend, and he's sounding like, oh, hi, Jesse. I'm, I'm concerned about the water." And I was mocking him like that. That guy got so mad, he went off, just like that. And he was trying to sound so nice and holy, but he just snapped. And, and I realized that the snake in the grass always seemed nice. Have you met people who seem so nice when you meet them? And, you know, like, wow, this is a gift from God. And as soon as you say something and do something they don't like, they bite your head off. Isn't that amazing? But anyway, so I, I, I finally I said to him, look, go take the test. It's not going to turn out the way your mind is telling you. And he went and took the test this week, this past week now, and he passed. And, and he was like, oh, my God, I passed. And when he realized he had been living in that darkness of his imagination, believing the lie, that he wasn't going to pass. And the longer he took to take it, the more the devil was able to feed him in that darkness and, you know, not to do it, you're not going to pass, put it off, wait. And the point is, you got to stop listening to that. Because it's all a lie all the time. God said, my children shall know me by my voice. And that voice in your head is not the voice of God. It's just not. It's a lie. And I called him this morning, making a joke with him, right? I said, oh, I got some bad news for you. I said, what are you doing? I'm sitting down. I said, oh, man, I got some bad news. And he's like, what is it? I said, oh, um, I have to change. Uh, I may have to change barbers or something that I go to because I'm tired of driving so far out. And, and he was like, man, I thought you were going to tell me that the Bible go-to guy died or something. He had literally thought in that quick second that the Bible go-to guy was dead. <laughs> he was like, whoa, I thought you were about to tell me the Bible go-to guy is dead. And, I'm see, and, and so we talked about that. I said, see how quickly Satan is involved in everything? Already within a second, he told you somebody died, and now you're going through all these emotions and feeling all this crap about something that doesn't even exist, and now you have to end up on antidepressant medication, or you might get drunk later because you're overreacting to the lies in your head. Just that Satan is involved in everything that you do and think and everything. Have you noticed that? Stuff he has no business. It doesn't even matter, but he has something to say about that too. And because he's trying to keep you addicted to his voice. Instead of, because once you start recognizing his voice, you get further and further away from it. Then you can live your life from the quiet, still voice, the revelation, and not from his voice. Isn't that amazing? That's why you got to get to know yourself so you can separate from that voice. It's all lies, all the time, and he's involved in everything. Whatever. Y'all like that? You're a little happy. <laughs> Life is amazing. Let me take James first, and then I'll come. Alex says, Jesse, I don't want to jinx it, but I think God took away my anger. 
I believe I have perfect peace. I love everybody, and I'm starting to doubt every thought. You're amazing. Also, women... If you feel love, you don't love. Anyone who feel love for their fellow man, do not love. But because God's love is not a feeling. It's really not... A, you know, the world say, and I got some examples here. The world say, oh, we got to love one another. And, but they're talking about emotional love, right? And so we got to feel this stuff. That's not love. But so... But if you don't have those feelings, then you have love. And don't have hate. Go ahead. Also, women like Amber Rose make me want to move to the moon and never get married. Who said that? Alex? Alex. No, you don't have love, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you did, you wouldn't have that impression of Amber Rose. Did you guys see the interview with Amber Rose? You saw it? What do you think of it, Mark? Emma Rose is one of the founders of the organizer of the Slut Walk. It was a very interesting interview. Make sure you check it out on the fallenstate.tv. Very mamma mia, uh uh uh, interesting. Uh, yes. I thought it was very interesting the things that she was kind of denying and she was saying, You're trolling me. When you would talk about the order, when you would talk about what's right, she'd be like, stop that, stop that, stop that. <laughs> and then um, I was also kind of taken back by kind of like how nice she came off and like likable. And, that what uh, Clint was telling me too. He was surprised how, he like, she's real smart. He was surprised. I've never seen her in any other interviews. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, don't, I didn't know. The only place I ever heard from her was here and that she dated Kanye West and right. so I don't know anything about it. Were you surprised by how nice she was? No, I was surprised by kind of um, how much she gave away in her reactions yeah. and uh, I think if people were to see that interview they, they would they would start to believe the things that you're saying, you know they would start to believe why she does things uh, yeah. why uh, when she has those quiet moments she goes and does whatever she does um, because she can't handle that why she doesn't want commitment why she doesn't want a man uh, and she needs everyone else to validate her right. you know that you don't need a man and you can make your boy a little girl or whatever you know it, it's all good nobody can judge you no one can judge you I'm a slut, but don't call me a slut. Like, you know, it was like... Uh, it was a very, very good interview. Yeah, I thought it was, it was very, very telling. Yeah. Nice, man. Good. Make sure you all check it out if you haven't seen it yet. It's on the Father's State. Yes, James? Um, you know, your past biblical question, how do you see women that you just answered? Right. Oh, Tim wanted to hear what you thought of his answer to it. Okay. I see women as an extension of men. We should take care of them and love them as we do ourselves. Albeit some women I see are treacherous, but that's a result of men not taking care of them. Yeah, absolutely. Weak fathers, weak men. Yeah. Nice, Tim. You're right about that. Amen. I can't add to it. When men are weak, society is weak. So at that point, let me just ask this biblical question, and then I'll get into what I want to talk about, uh, or if you have something else. 
my biblical question for this week is a doozy. It's a mama mia one. Here it is. Why are women, why are women, what? I make these little notes because I'll be having fun during the week. Why are women drawn to weak men? Why are women drawn to weak men? Isn't that a good question? Yes, Jesse, that's a very good one. Do you know why women are drawn to weak men? Of course you're going to ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for a lot of uh, reasons, I see that um, even I think in myself at one point and my friends still even today, I think um, in a way we sort of... um, feel like we can fix people and and so we see that almost like as an attraction that we're able to to somehow fix this person um even though you can't really fix anyone um <laughs> not, not refer- i'm talking about the past <laughs> um or my friends uh, yeah. it, like right now i'm i'm, I'm having a, a friend who um, she just um, divorced from her husband, and he had so many issues, and, and still a lot of issues. And um, and she's like, "Why did I even find him attractive?" And I'm like, "Well, to begin with, I'm like, you felt like you had never been without a boyfriend this long. By that, I meant three months. To her, that was like That's a lifetime." A long time. Yeah, and um, she rushing to the first guy that gave her a a quick, like, um, hello, even though she knew he had all these issues that he was still dealing with, the death of, like, his sister, his the separation of his parents, uh, not having a good relationship with either one of his parents, um, and, um, you know, just, just having a lot of drug issues and stuff like that, and she knew that. But yet she felt like by marrying him and bringing him into her family, which is very, she has a beautiful family, parents and and sisters. And uh, she thought that she could fix him somehow. Right. And um, so I I think like that's in a way it's like you see yourself as like you're trying to save someone. And it's attractive. I don't know. So like when you're dating, when you're dating and you're dating this guy, you see his flaws, and in your mind you're thinking, I'm going to be able to help him, I'm going to be able to fix this. You're literally thinking that. Yes. That's amazing. Um, (laughs) And what made you think, uh, as a woman, what made you think you can fix a human being, a man? I don't know. I feel like I think that with like care and 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 like love i don't know maybe like in a way like a, a mothering type of feeling i think it's what arises right. you know that somehow with with love and attention and care you can somehow fix that's amazing this human being and so you think well oh, poor baby don't worry <laughs> i have all the love all the care i'm gonna fix him yeah that's amazing. And do you tell him that or you just secretly think that? No, you just secretly think that. You, I mean, I, I don't, I've never met 
even like and with any of my friends that have actually said that to right. to their partner. Isn't that like amazing? Women think they can face men. You gotta have an ego to be thinking like that. <laughs> Isn't that like mind blowing? That's amazing. Oh, about your friend who uh, is now divorcing. You said she came from a beautiful family. Yeah. 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 Um, it wasn't beautiful. Because if it was beautiful, she would not have been attracted to that kind of man. She would have been attracted to, she's attracted to the kind of man that her father is. Well, this is the thing, I mean, um, you just, the family just looked beautiful from the outside, but inside the home, other stuff is happening. And that's what made her attracted to, because you're attracted to your parents. You know, if your father's weak, you're attracted to weak men. Uh, men are attracted to their mothers. It's just the way it is in that fallen state. So if she had a beautiful family, she would not have been attracted to that type of a guy. She would have been attracted to a good guy, a guy that she can marry and, and it lasts till death be your part. That makes sense? So she needs to check out what, you know, check herself so she can overcome that. Otherwise, she's just going to get involved with another one. That makes sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, very interesting, though. <laughs> women think they can fix men. And men At least hate that's, women that that's try to what fix I, them. I mean, I'm pretty sure there, there are women who, who think, you know, like, now I, I know that. Right. Um, that you cannot. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's something that I think has, it, it took, like, growth in That's realizing right. that. Uh, but I still think that there's a lot of women who think of course. and feel that way. Yeah, and then the men end up with these women, they end up hating the woman for trying to fix them. Because every time she dies and he does what she want him to, wants him to do, then she hates him for that. You know, like, oh, you're not a man, but you, you made me this way. You said this is what you want. Want it, but it's not what you want. Isn't that something? No, absolutely. Kelly, why do women, I mean, why are women drawn to weak men? Um, well, I think you're talking about women who are in a fallen state. No, I'm just talking about women. Um, well, that's just how I interpret it. So, like, right. I think that only women who are in a fallen state would be attracted to weak men. Um, and I think it's because, um, you know, un unconsciously or subconsciously they're seeking out some way of feeling alive or like having a life force or a power or a purpose um and i think like they know that getting with a weak guy will give them that sense of power but i think it's like happening under the radar interesting what are you saying to that with the glasses right here in the middle i knew if i crossed my arms you're going to get to me i know <laughs> Why are women attracted to, drawn to weak men? Yes. I think the girl has a good point um, about how, from what perspective we view it. To take it to Mark's question about women, uh, I think we have a lot in common and a lot that differs. And they can both be used positively by God. Someone pointed out to me that in the garden, when it talks about a helpmeet, the Hebrew word for helpmeet is azer, and it's a military word. Where are you going out? You're leaving town. No, I'm coming back. No. While women drawing to foundation. And that helpmeet, and the, we're talking about women who could be a helpmeet, 
not, not a savior of the unsavable. Uh, it was a military term that when a king went to war, he didn't have all the equipment or people he needed. Someone else, another nation, did. And this was the woman who was a helpmate to overtake an objective that one person alone could not take. Now, I think uh, the objective that guys have no, it, it, when, it is, is strong into the world. Why are women drawn to weak but men? But the objective that women have that you, bring to the same table are that they can open up the inner world of men a lot better than 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 men can. And I, to go back to biblical base, and I'll end it with so you this: you say that women can open up the inner world of, of, of guys, men? yeah. And uh, I better think that than a man can. They talk conversation and about they they dream it. Uh, everything 24 hours a day is about relationship with women. They're much more experienced in relationship than guys are because we don't think about relationship as much as they do. They're wired that way. In fact, Philippians 4.8 is probably a good touchstone to, 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 to but let me do my this. case on. Because of time, yeah. I need the question answered directly. Because I'm black question. and I'm slow, and I, yeah. I, it offers me to function. I need direct answers. Well, I've, I've given you some good foundation, and the direct answer is that they open up men. Philippians 4.8 uh, says... Uh, uh, is that good whatever, that they open up men? Whatever is true, whatever is honest, whatever is judged. And it's sort of like male qualities. We look for truth, we look for honesty, we go out in the world to, for justice. It has a female is side. Is this your first time here? Whatever is pure... What is lovely, whatever is good Can you report. Hear me? That is what a woman does. That's what a woman does, and it's not weakness, it's strength. Can you hear me? <laughs> Look, you're not asking, is this your first time here? Yes. Oh, okay. I asked why are women drawn toward weak men. What's the direct answer to that? The direct answer is that. They're not following God's plan, or they've they've had a poor image in their upbringing, which oh. you, you thought about. Okay. But God's plan is That's to overcome better. that, that, that makes poor sense. image. And okay. so I've just given you God's plan for Sarah's How did you hear about us? Uh, on YouTube. Oh, there. Yeah. What's your name? Your first name? Steve. And so God has a good plan for women <laughs> and men together. But <laughs> are you married, Steve? I'm not. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah. No I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, you've been married before? I have not. And why not? Well, you know, I came from a, uh, a, a pretty tough situation uh, in a lot of ways. Um, I enjoy women. My mother, uh, a very good woman who, who uh, I think they have a good marriage. But I tell you, for the image of sisters sometimes... I think that can affect a person. And I had some pretty wild sisters. <laughs> uh, and, whenever um, I hear someone say my mother was good, I hear I, I hear my mother was evil. Because I know what that means. Um, uh, well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and you know what? And makes do you ever wish to get married one day? Sure. And how old do you know? You know, I'm I'm in my low sixties. Well, you better hurry up. <laughs> well, you, you want know, children it, too? It, it, I'm, that's one thing I'm really sad about because I, I like children and I, I think raised in a good family can have a, a wonderful time. Right. You know, yeah. and so we look for 
how God can take our weaknesses and make strengths. And I'm just saying that the woman has some real strengths to open up men and, and, and their inner life. That's amazing. I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, um, have, have you ever been opened up by a woman? Yes, I, and I've enjoyed it. Because they've, uh, been, they've, they've been sincere and in, in, they haven't been, you know. Do you know Emma Rose? I don't. But uh, let me just say that the, the gals I've been opened up by or I've allowed myself, let me put it that way, <laughs> to be opened up by, have not been controlling. They've just been there with interest, and they realize they can't fix it. When they person. open you up, what do they find? They find, uh, what they find whatever they have knowledge of themselves. Some of them don't have really good knowledge, but in me, uh, the knowledge that they find, I, and the reason I was attracted here today is they look for relationships and how we forgive and and in that forgiveness how what we did give they other find people. in you when they open you up do we need to forgive other people what do we give other people that's what they found inside of you where yeah i mean if we look at forgiveness it goes how do we treat other people and how do we respond to other people All right. it's very important thank yeah. you Steve. you're welcome what do you say to that? What, last one? Why are women drawn to weak men? Well, I think it goes to your original point. They they look for their father. They look so for the father. They a weak father. They look for weak men. Oh, okay. Urban, what do you say to that? Why are women drawn to drawn to weak men? Uh, I think it's drawn control. To weak men. What? Insecure people like to control other people. And I think most women are insecure, and they will go for a man that they can control. Uh, man so I say control. I'm sorry? Like Janet Jackson, control. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's my biblical question for this week, folks. James, anybody responding? Well, there's somebody responding about the idea about protecting women, us being to protect women. Right. Um, it was Myra, and she was asking, hold on. No, I don't think she's feminist. <laughs> ah. Well, let me know who you're getting okay. at. So here's what I, I, I want to do today. I, you know, I talk to a lot of people. Um, a lot of folks are into the Bible, you know, atheists who are not into the Bible, don't believe in God. And I've noticed that they all have the same problem. And so I was thinking about the difference between Satan and God. And I think we all know that Satan made a promise that he's going to imitate God, he's going to be God, and everything that God does, he's going to do it too. And his uh, purpose is to destroy them, to rob, steal, and kill. And what I've noticed is that... Um, most people, even as Christians, and they have studied the Bible, they still don't get it that they, have, they are still serving and listening to Satan and don't know it. But yet they say that they are born again. And there's, you, can't be, you can't serve two masters, right? So when you are born again, meaning that you have returned to God, you start to be, grow as his child, his son or daughter. And as you're growing, you recognize the Father's voice. 
you're now back into your proper nature, which is perfect love all the time. No matter what challenges you're going through, situation, you're still in that perfect love because you can't go in and out of it. And being in there, you're overcoming. I notice that a lot of people don't overcome anymore. They don't like challenges. They get upset about them or they try to avoid situations. They get drunk or they get angry to avoid situations. And I've noticed that those people who are doing that, they're retarded. Have you noticed we have like a lot of retarded people? Because if you don't deal with your challenges in life, you don't grow with strength and insight. But anyway, Satan, I, I want to show you the difference between some difference or examples between Satan and God, the true father. And you're not going to be able to see this until you're born again. All right. Because Satan will imitate everything I say right now. He'll tell you in your head, this is what he means. You understand that. And you'll be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. When it would be a lie, right? One is love. God said that uh, we should love him with all our heart, soul, and might, along with nothing else. And when you love him, you, um, you love your enemy. You love your family members. You love your friends. You love your relationships. You love even your enemy the way he loves you because you're now back in love. And it doesn't matter what the person does or what they say, if they try to destroy you, you still love them. You don't hate them because it's impossible to hate once you return to the Father. You're no longer of hate. And so you don't try to destroy people. You don't hurt them. Whereas Satan teaches you to hate. He tells you that anger is good. Preachers are telling folks that anger is good. And then they use this false analogy that Jesus was angry to validate that lie because Satan tells them, well, no, that's not true. Jesus was angry. And so they think, well, I'm going to hold on to this anger because Jesus was angry. And because they're blinded by that anger, they can't even see within themselves what's happening. And they can't see that this anger that they have is destroying everything. It destroys the marriage relationships or dating relationships. It destroys the children. It destroys everything. There's no, there's no secure in it. Because everyone who has anger has fear and doubt and worry and madness, right? But that's what the world is pushing because the world is listening to Satan. He has convinced them that anger is good. Anger is evil. There's nothing good about it. Um... God said that we should overcome. We have the authority, the power within us to overcome anything. But if you're not aware, if you're not with him, you cannot overcome that. And the world says you can't overcome it. You can't overcome anger. You can't overcome whatever. Here's appeal. You need a, a therapy for life. You need to join an alcoholic anonymous program. And then in order to survive... When you're about to take a drink, call up your, your, your other buddy and talk to them so they can stop you from drinking. Isn't that how it works? Don't they give you somebody to call up? Yeah. Right? What is it called? Sponsor. A sponsor. But God said, no, you, because of this perfect love, you can overcome all things. And I'm telling you, when you have perfect love, everything that you picked up along the way in that fallen state, it starts to fall away once you return to the Father. You don't even have to try to overcome it. It just falls away because now you have love, real love. 
It's a light unto your feet. It has nothing to do with feelings or thinking. As a matter of fact, God wants you to overcome those emotions because emotions are of your father, the devil. There is a time to be sad. There is a time to laugh and all that. But that's not based on emotions. It's just based on proper timing. But he wants you to overcome emotions while Satan and his children want you to be more into emotions to the point that they are literally training men to be emotional. You're not emotional enough. You don't care about my emotions. Wonder where I'm caring about your emotions for. And then if the man don't, doesn't care about her emotion, the world says he's not a good man. He doesn't love you. And then they take you to some stupid therapist who tells you the husband, the wife is crying, the husband's in there wondering why, and the therapist asks the wife, what's wrong? He doesn't care about my emotions. And then the therapist says, you don't love her. You need to care about her emotions. You need to feel what she feels. And then somehow or another, they convince the man that, because the man knows he should not be feeling this way. He's a beta male if he does. And so he falls for it. Now he's trying to be like, you know, feel her emotions, and the relationship is over. Because women hate weak men. It's a, that's a lesbian relationship at that moment. And if you're feeling my emotions, how am I going to help you overcome your problems? And we're both in the same ditch. How will one pull the other one out? But Satan is teaching them to do that. Um, God said not to identify with anybody or anything but him. Get your identity from him and him alone. But the world says get it from your culture. Get it from your color. Get it from being a man or a woman. Get it from the world. And that leads to destruction. There's no good in that. Have you noticed that? I can talk about black people on, the, on my show. And I don't mention a name, and they all call up, thinking that, acting like I talked about them. Like I said, John Doe, the black man down the road, is no good. They are so identified with that that it feels like I'm talking about them. And they don't question that. This man didn't say my name. He never, he never mentioned me, but they overreact as though I mentioned them. But, but that's Satan's way. That's not God's way. We are not supposed to identify with anybody or anything but him. You, because you can't be of the world and of him. One or other. You can't have both. And, and the world is teaching men and women to identify with all this crap. And the Christians are falling for it all in the name of Jesus. And they are quoting the scriptures all the way to hell. Because they identify with esteem. Black power. What in the world is black power? White supremacists. There's no such thing as white supremacists. It's just angry people feeling better than the others. That's all. Judging themselves in that fallen state. I'm better than that person. And so on and so on. But you got to wake up from this. You got to die from the world. You cannot serve, serve two. One other quick thing I've noticed is that God said that when we return to him, that he will renew our minds and that we need to live from revelation, right? The world say get knowledge. Get the more knowledge you get, the smarter you are, you have a chance for life. I hear 
experts to saying all the time, well, what do you think the problem with black people or this person? They need more education. Education, I hear Oprah saying education is the way out. Education is not the way out. Education is just like money, just a tool to use in the world. But the way out is a renewed mind. And in that, all things are possible. Really. Look how dumb the people are with the degrees. Have you noticed that? They can give bad advice. They put everybody on medication. Whereas the common man or woman see that, that's the wrong way to go. The simple man or woman understand, no, I'm not going down that road. But the intellectual man or woman, they take that path and they end up in destruction. So you got to, um, what I recommend, you get to know yourself, and this year is about knowing thyself. You get to know yourself so you can recognize Satan's voice and overcome it just by recognizing it. Because we're headed down the wrong road. Men are not supposed to be emotional, and men are supposed to help women overcome emotion if their fathers have failed. Because if, men, if women had good fathers and good mothers, they wouldn't turn out that way. They would not. They would be whatever their father is. That's why God is returning them to the father. So just, I want you to think about that. You've got to overcome this stuff. And the way you overcome it is to get to know yourself. Silent, be still and know God. The churches tell people, you need to re-study and remember the word. But God said, be still and know me. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. But the church is making everybody quote the Bible and learn the scriptures. And when you're talking to them, they sound like idiots. Have you ever talked to a Christian that knows the Bible? It's worse than the person that goes to Yale University. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Go, where's the mic? Not really. I mean, I know. Do you ever talk to a Christian that knows the Bible? Yeah, yeah. And, Does and it make some, your head hurt? Sometimes, yeah, because it seems very empty and robotic. It, it just is. Reciting, regurgitating verses. It's just intellectual knowledge. Yeah. No renewed mind, no wisdom at all. Do you say anything when they do it? Uh, not usually. I mean, Why not? Sometimes you can get some good morsels out of anything, so I'm not going to change who they are in that conversation. But that's not what you're trying to do. You're trying to enlighten, you know, show another way. Just imagine when Christ ran up against the Christian with the word. If he had, had he not said anything, he would not have been able to enlighten some of the people. You're supposed to say something. You're well, not I'm trying to change them. I'm still growing myself. So, uh, but that's how you grow. Are you scared they may yell at you? No, not at all. I just, you know. You don't want really to always go them. around just saying something. But, you know, like, before God caused me to wake up, I wish somebody had said something. Because I was trying to find my way. If someone had said, you know what, Jesse, just go within. And then I said, oh, okay, let me get out of try. And for the most part, for the last year or so, I've been reciting stuff from, from you, basically, about getting rid of the anger and all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I do retort back a little bit, but I just don't, like, advise or spend too much time. Yeah, it. don't argue with them or anything like that. And so are you overcome, have you overcome your anger? I definitely feel like I've overcome my anger. And why do you feel that you have? Because just going through life, I mean, I just don't have the little things even that used to anger me. I mean, occasionally, even if somebody cuts you off or something, I don't really get angry. You know, it's like, 
it's it's very freeing. It's amazing. Yeah. How come everybody used to cut off the? Because I think there's, there's there's no shame in that. Everybody huh? understands it. Yeah. You know, so. I like the one where when people yell at me or they call me a katam, a coon, or whatever, right? It just rolls off my back. It doesn't. And it's weird. When I was in that fallen state, those words would wear me down. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even speak up because I didn't want to be called names. How do you handle that kind of stuff? But once you overcome that, it's weird how the words doesn't bother you at all. That's awesome. The courage yeah. that you yeah you get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, sir. And James, you you have some too, right? And then James, I'm coming. I just had a, I guess, I was confused about when you say, you know, those Christians that quote the Bible. And and I have come across some that, like you said, it's kind of robotic and empty. But if you are not in the fallen state, isn't the word of God important to... Matter of fact, you live by that. Yeah, because... But not from the Bible. What do you mean? Uh-huh. It's from the heart. The word made flesh. The word is written in your heart. The Bible tells you that. You have it inside of you. And the Bible is a roadmap back to the word that's written in your heart. But the problem is people get stuck on the written word. And they never get beyond that because they've been told that the Bible is the word of God. Every bit of it. And you, if you can't verify it in the Bible... Yeah, whatever they say, right? It's all lies. The word is written in your heart, and when you go within and live from the kingdom of heaven within, that's where you can live it. I understand it's that. It's the spirit of it, not the written word. The Bible is the word from God, but the word of God is in your heart. But what about the words in the Bible? Like different... The Bible has been uh, rewritten and restructured so many times, you can't even trust that. That's why and God said, only have faith in Him... Because the world write the Bible based on the culture. No, I know that, but let's say different stories about Christ, and you can prove that it has merit, that it has been, you know, the history has been passed down correctly. Because how can you prove it? Um, there are methods where, let's say, um, they test Roman historians. And we know that Roman historians can't be trusted that well because they would exaggerate. If there was a battle and it was 100 versus 1,000, they, they would say it was versus 10,000. Right. Just because the Roman Empire would make them do it. But then there are other historians that were more honest. And but what are you proving with that, though? No, just let's say the life of Christ, the little bits we do know and the tribulations he went through, the trials he went through. Right. Aren't there lessons in that? And that there are lessons in there that you can learn, but it won't return you to God. It won't give you the spirit that was driving Christ. And that same spirit is inside of you. If you notice, people who are into the Bible, they don't raise the dead. They don't tell mountains to be removed and the mountains are gone. They, all they do is talk about it, but they don't do it. And, and they are not free. They don't have perfect peace because they got the word. They have the intellectual knowledge of the truth and not the spirit of it, the spirit that gives life. 
because they start with the Bible, never going within and returning to the Father. Because I always thought, like, uh, there was a passage. That, see, I can't remember the like those Christians that we talk about. I don't know the Bible by heart. You're blessed. But from time to time, don't ever know it by heart. I don't want to know it by yeah. heart. But I'll be speaking to somebody, and I see they're struggling. And some passage will come through. I say, well, you know, this happened to Christ. And, and it helps them. I can see, like, I have had people come back to me years later. They say, you know, I, I believe in Christ now, and I do better. They stop drugs or whatever. But it comes sometimes, and I, I'll but say, stopping well... stopping drugs is not a sign of believing in Christ. No, no. Just... But they use that, though. They say, oh, I believe in God. I stopped drugs. Oh, I believe in God. I needed some money, and I was just so scared. And then just out of nowhere, the money came. They think that's a sign of believing in God. Well, I, I started believing in God without reading the Bible first. Right on. I, I, had a, I, I can't explain if it. If you had learned the scriptures and knew the Bible, it would be almost impossible for you to believe in God. You would just believe about him, but not in him. Okay, last question. Because it feeds your ego. It feeds the intellectual knowledge. Now you just have the knowledge of good and evil, and you just become an evil person. Playing I, God. I guess for me, maybe uh, now, you know, I'm questioning uh, the way I understood it, but the, one of the apostles, one of Christ's students after Christ, in one of the letters, he talks about how Without the word of God, even though we do believe in God, we have faith, you know, we, we realize there's something there. But he says in this battle that we fight between the good and evil, mm -hmm. without the word of God, we're sort of naked in the battlefield. And the word of God is like your helmet, your sword, your right. shield, your, 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 you know, armor. And I always thought the word of God it means like, you know, the words of Christ and the words of God that was recorded in the Bible and stuff like no. that? No. I don't know exactly what you're referring to, what he meant, but it's in you. The Word is in you. And you, it's a light unto your feet. And you live by that. And the proof is, all men and women who are living by the Word of God from within can defeat the enemy. If you notice, we're losing the country because the Christians know the Word, but they don't, know the, they don't have that power because it's not coming from within. It's just intellectual words and so everything is still falling apart. The kids are screwed up. Relationships are not working. The children of the lie taking over the country, taking over the Christians' children. And the Christians don't have the courage to even take back their own children. So they can't even defeat the enemy, but they know the Bible. They can quote the Bible till the cows come home. But if they live from the word within, they can defeat that. They can protect their children. They can save their relationships and things like that. Well, it's in your heart. I feel like those Christians, they don't, they, they preach the Bible, but they don't live the Bible. I, f I see they them don't as, what? they don't live it. You can't live the Bible. I feel like they're hypocrites. No, they don't know it better. They're blind, they've been lied to. And you can't live the Bible. If they had, were able to live the Bible, didn't in the Old Testament, the reason Jesus had to come, because the human beings were not able to keep the letter of the law, so he had to come to bring the Spirit and it's the spirit that guides us that we can keep. That's why if you can, if you can keep the letter of the law, Jesus didn't need to come. I'm not talking about the letter, but like 
Christ said, but love your neighbor, love your enemy, and you, you talk about that. Right. But that's so. not the letter. That's the love in my heart, his nature. You know what I'm saying? No. Am I not understanding what you're saying? I don't know. I feel like for I do try not do you try. Do love I everybody? Do. No. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what love is. I, Thank you. Your example has been not I to hate. I want to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to show me. Um, and the only way you're going to find love is so nice. You're going to have to see that you're wrong for playing God. You're going to have a, 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 a sadness come over you for being wrong. Then you will repent. Then you will know love because you're going to return back to love. You're not going to know about reading the Bible. Your nature needs to be changed. You need a brand new nature, a renewed mind. What? No, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm not saying the Bible... I don't know. For There's me, the Bible is helpful. With, I read the Bible, so nothing wrong with reading the Bible, but let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't hold on to it. Do not hold on to knowledge. You want wisdom. You want that awakening. You want the spirit that giveth life. That makes sense? No, it does. Are you doing the prayer, the silent prayer? Not every day, but I... I... Suffer and die. Why won't you do the prayer? You need to... He said, pray without ceasing. Why not do the prayer? I... I run out of time. You, I wake up in the morning. You and run a, out I, of time. I barely get to work on time. Do you have time to eat? Sometimes no. You have time to sleep? Yes. You have time to go to the toilet? Sometimes no. <laughs> <laughs> you have time for your cell phone? I guess. You have time to do the things that are important to you. Well, I You're manage not, time badly. Right, well, manage this time badly, but manage it. And then your time will start to unfold for you. But you got to put the prayer first, man. Seek first the kingdom of God in his right way and all will be at it. you got to do the prayer. Isn't that right? Do you know he doesn't pray? Um, we do it together, so. <laughs> oh, but he, you're not doing it, though. Uh, we Sometimes. You we don't do it doesn't. either? No, I do. Every day? No, not every day. So you're not doing it then? <laughs> Why not? I don't know. I think sometimes we just get so caught up with like everything going on throughout. You're not the tired day. of suffering, huh? <laughs> I don't think I'm suffering. Oh, you don't? No. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing people won't pray. In the life. Oh, I, and let me tell you why you're not doing it. Because your father, the devil, 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 doesn't want you to do it. Because he knows that if you ever be still and God take over, he's going to lose you. And so the one most important thing that you could, should be doing is the thing that he is preventing you from doing. Because he's telling you, you're too busy. You got to get here. You got to do this. You don't have the time. You're like, okay, daddy, you're right. I don't have the time. 
No, sometimes we do try to make the time, and then our dog won't stop barking at that moment that we're trying to focus. See that? And, and he's saying, no <laughs> daughter. Your father, the devil, say, no daughter, the dog is barking. He's not going to stop. He's like, okay, and go and take care of the dog. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what? I can't make you do it. I'm just pointing the way. I've been doing it for 29 years. And when I travel, if I get up late, go to bed late, I do the prayer. I be still and know my father because I don't ever want to lose that connection again. And if he says pray without ceasing, I want to grow into that too. I want to follow his instructions instead of Satan's. And Satan is making you guys, he's distracting you so that the father cannot catch up with you. That's what's happening. And you don't realize it because all the things that you're going for, they are here today and gone tomorrow. That makes sense? No, absolutely. I, I mean, we, we started doing it like together regularly for like what, like a month now or so. And, um, and I think You're like. You're setting a bad example for her. <laughs> it's, it's also like just, How I do you think feel? just growing into. It's what? It's also what? No, I, I think like it's it's putting it like it's it's new for us, so it's like building that um we're like habit of like creating the actual time for it. That's amazing. Listen at you. <laughs> we are this is new to us. We gotta fit it in our schedule. We are you know, this God putting God first, it doesn't fit my schedule yet. Huh? So what? <laughs> We're too busy for God. Yeah. It doesn't fit my schedule. You're a lawyer, right? Yes. And you're a builder. Yes. Wow. All right. You just keep on lawyering and you keep on building. See how far it gets you. You don't know that if you put him first, that those things will be added to you easier. It'll, I mean, it'll, just, it'll open up for you in ways that you can't even imagine. Because by not connecting to the light within, you can't really see. So you feel like you need more time. You got to hustle and bustle. You got to make it happen. And you just don't have time for God. We, we try. And uh, I do realize whenever I don't, I, I see the devil at work, so to say. And I do feel bad that I can't overcome it. But I feel like I'm very close to overcoming it. I don't, I don't know how to... I'm not giving up. You know what I mean? I'm trying to. No, you're not trying. Do it. Just do it. Remember the check mark? (laughs) (laughs) You (laughs) just do it. You can't afford to have any excuses because Satan wants your soul. And he wants your girlfriend, fiance. You guys are engaged, right? Or just boyfriend, girlfriend right now? I I don't know. You don't know what it is, huh? Okay. You need to fix him. <laughs> he got problems. But whatever. But you need to put that first. So you do what you want. I don't want to convince you. But I'm telling you, you make a horrible mistake. I agree with you. Because I can tell that you want it. You wouldn't be here listening to me if you didn't want to return to the Father. If there was something going on. But I'm telling you, the secret is go inside, know thyself, and it all changed for you. It's just that simple. No, we agree with you. Yeah. But do the prayer, though. I want to. 
<laughs> I think everybody here wants to. But they did. They would do it. They don't want to. They really don't want to. They do everything else they want to do. Everything else they want to do, they do it. Have you noticed that you do do the things you really want to? But sometimes I don't get to do Do you do the things you want to? You really want to? Not always. And you say a yes? You notice you do the thing you the things you want to? Most of the time, yeah. Yeah. Who decision was it that you guys should pray together? I, I and why did you make that decision? You know, I I have been questioning that because I feel like we should do it alone. Yeah, you need mama while you pray to? No. It's just it's convenient. We sit You're at like, the Oh, let's go pray. Come on, God. Well before breakfast. Let's go pray to this guy. I don't know, I just offered it. I said, let's pray together, and that's but, just how it went. But you say you knew you shouldn't know, but you didn't either. Lately, like last week, I was questioning. I said, why am I praying together? Jesus says, go in the closet and play, pray right. once nobody sees it. Because I closed said, the window yesterday, and I said, and then I, I was like, well, I, I don't want neighbors to see me praying. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, be strong. Stand alone. And then she would appreciate you better. That's it. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> and let her find a way, you know, let her pray. If she see you doing it, she'll do it. I'm, I was thinking about it, yeah. I mean, if we're away. You were doing it separately? Well, she was in another city, so. <laughs> oh, that's why she was doing it separately? Uh, this is so amazing to me. Isn't this like fascinating to hear this? But don't worry, you're not the only one. I know. Yeah, you're not the only weak man. I'm not weak. See that? <laughs> but do the prayer. All right, do the prayer. So I got to move now. We are really out of time. You had something. That was fun, huh? <laughs> just do the prayer. It, it'll work out. Yes. Yeah, Jesse, I was reminiscing about my life. And uh, I think maybe you need to start a new campaign. I think the most, you know, you know, there's these anti-bullying campaigns everywhere you look, right? I think you need to, I think cowards are much more destructive than bullies. Much, much, much more. Cowards are much more destructive yeah, than bullies? Yeah, there needs to be an anti-coward But a bully campaign. is a coward. Yeah, I, I get that, but I mean, you know, just for the focus of, of you know, getting a message out and stuff, I, I think there should be an anti-coward campaign. No, I don't have time for that. Call Nancy Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> Just say no right. to cowards. That's yeah. right. I um, yeah, because I I have seen my life and and I've seen some of you know the more prominent cowards in my life that I've seen, <laughs> and we're much more destructive yeah. than than bullies. And uh, so there, there needs to be more of awareness of you know that they're not innocent victims. You know they are actually destructive force, and and um, the people that bullies bully are much more destructive than the bullies themselves. That's all, right. all I wanted to say. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. NC is asking about judgment. If I want to change my behavior, doesn't that mean I need to judge it as evil or that I've already judged it as evil? Uh, don't, no, don't judge it. Just see it. Because if you judge it, because you're in a fallen state, you're going to judge it as though you're God. You need to discern it. You need to see it, but don't hate it. 
um, and then you can overcome it. But you don't need to judge it. You need to discern. Discernment is void of anger. You just see it and you overcome it. I wish that I can really show you what it's all about, but only God can show it to you. It's so simple that words, there are no words to explain how simple this way of life is. And that's why God said, take on my ways. My ways are easy. My burdens are light. Because going back and going the other way is easier than going the way that you're going. It really is. It's so amazing, so fascinating, and so um, mind-blowing. How, and then you grow, how easy it is. Then you grow in it because you're growing as a son or a daughter of God. And it just gets easier and easier and easier. And your mind is being renewed. The things of the world is naturally becoming unimportant to you, yet you use the things of the world to do what you need to do. But you're back with the Father, and the Father loves you, and he's making your life easy because you now have perfect love, his love, a light unto your feet. But no one can give you this, and all I, I think all I can say is just suffer until you're ready. I understand it. Suffer and die. I'm telling you how to get there. That's all I can do. Sit still, be still, and know the Father. And don't let anyone tell you that being still is uh, Eastern religion or something they say. Buddha. That's just Satan trying to get in the way. And if you doubt being still will work, uh, or if you're afraid to stop all this other mess that you're doing, do your Hooper Holland prayer, and then do the be still prayer. You can do both, and you'll see the right way to go. The less you do, the better off you are when it comes to becoming a son or daughter of God. Like you were saying, you don't know the Bible. You have no idea how fortunate you are not to know the Bible. It's easier for you to find God than it is for the person that knows the Bible. Because your ego is not all built up. You know something is wrong. But the Bible person doesn't know that. They think they have it. Even though life is hell for them. Even though they have no peace, they make up excuses. Well, no born, no one is perfect. Um, you're never going to be perfect until you get to heaven. Or everyone has anger, even though the Bible says it's not good. Discernment is for you, right? They'll make up excuses rather than question it. At least you question it. You know, you know something is wrong because your intellect is not out of control. You're not, you've not believed into the lie all the way. That makes sense? Yeah. So, but do the prayer. All right. Any questions? Did you have your hand? Yeah. I just uh, okay. Hold on one minute. Hold on one minute. And uh, I, I compliment you on your introspection and silent prayer and getting in touch and internalizing things and getting in touch with yourself so you can make a connection to what is righteous that God wants in you. Um, the Beatitudes do that. Other things do that. And yet I don't think that um, your concern about knowing the word is quite fair to people who know the word but haven't internalized it. I think the internalization... What does it mean uh, to internalize it? Uh, the first beatitude, to take something concrete and get it out of the abstract, is, is blessed are those uh, who are uh, poor in spirit. When we 
understand how poor we are when we're real with ourselves, <laughs> we go to the second beatitude and we mourn about it. But until we see... How are you doing the, these steps? How are you doing that? Number one, I, I, I try to be real with God. And that's part of... By what, doing what? But that's, how do you be real with him? Well, I read the word and I say, how does this word apply to me? Where am I right now in comparison to this word of God? And I... That moves me toward the word. How? How does it move you? Well, again, uh, it's hard to be real. It's often painful because we've covered it up with a lot of stuff. And to remove that is like removing scabs and scars. But when I have light at the end of the tunnel, which is the word of God to me. You mean the Bible, right? The Bible, yes. Do you know that the word of God is written in your heart already? Or do you think you need to put it there? I think it's, it's experience. For instance, in Romans chapter 2. No, because of time. Just kind of ask a matter of time. Paul, do you, give me a yes or no. Do you know that the word of God is already written in your heart? Or do you believe you need to put it there? Just Paul, answer that. Don't Paul give talks, me no Paul. Yeah, well, you you got a little bit of trouble with Paul. Hear, I'm t- what's your first name? See. What's your first name? Um, I'm... Steve from Monrovia. I'm talking Monrovia. about Steve. I'm not asking you about Paul. <laughs> and I'm not from Mongolia. It's Monrovia, and we're, you know, we're... Oh, you call it my, this... my show? <laughs> no, never. Oh. But, um, um, but listen, just... I'm asking about Steve, not yeah. Paul. Do you know, give me a yes or no first, do you know the Word of God is already written in your heart? I want to be careful there, because Paul say says yes, it is... yes, I do know, and, or no, I don't know. And I don't want to go down that primrose path the Gentiles knew, and Paul, Paul complimented them for internalizing Are you a Gentile or are you a Jew? And he was hard on the Jews. Who is this man? See? You see. G- bring me a drink. <laughs> so I got I, a little I, glass I of wine you, with you. I compliment you on your internalization of... of but I'm not, touch, I don't know what that means, internalization. Internalization, good, thanks for focusing there, is to bring the word of God and compare it to where we are and to see if we need to move off center, which we do, and mourn about who we are to where we can inherit the earth, that earth that we've not been really good at inheriting. That's the Beatitudes, that's the word of God. It do moves you, us. Do you know this young man sitting next to you? No, what's your name? What do you think about what you're hearing right now? Let him have the mic real fast. I'm not sure what to think. It, you know. What? I'm not sure what to think. Uh, but, but you're asking for a yes or no, and I always get a kick out of when people don't give the I yes I wonder why no, people don't give me yes or no. so much. It's so much fun to ask, but and they don't fun. answer. But I appreciate you, but um, here's what I recommend. I don't know what to recommend for you. Um, what? Who said that? Oh, I know that you mean well. Uh, what I recommend is that you focus on yourself from within. And kind of everything you've learned, let it go. Do you have a good woman who opens you up? <laughs> You're about to make me cuss. Are you married? <laughs> I, I ain't no way no woman going to open me up. <laughs> Good, when woman. they open you up, they're going to rebuild you in their image. Yeah. Who follows God? <laughs> you about to make me woman. cuss up here. <laughs> anyway, enough said. Have you ever met a good, strong woman that opened you up? We've been there, and I, I told you it, it went toward forgiveness. 
Oh man. Yeah. But you you're good what? on, and I appreciate your 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 focus on forgiveness. It's really key. You're welcome. Here's what I recommend: you need to go and forgive your mother. Do what? Forgive your mother. Okay, there's probably, you know, a lot of forgiveness I've already forgven her because no one's perfect. No, I go to, say have you told her that? She's dead, oh, but she I dead. can still forgive dead people. What did she do to you that you need to forgive her for? Well, you know, there's a lot of good and a lot of negative in both of us. No, you're not yeah. asking my question. What did she do to you that you yeah. need to forgive her for? Boy, give me an example one thing real fast because I'm totally over the clock now. And my producer sure. going to yell at me. Yeah. I, and white people cannot yell at black people and get away with it. Yeah. Except for some reason he does. Uh, he's, he's even used the N-word around me. Well, I hope he did it in a loving way. It, 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 so what? You know, I hope he did it in a loving way. <laughs> I wish that were true. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. real fast. One thing you need to forgive your mother for is what? Well, let me tell you concretely what I have forgiven her for. I ask you where you're going, you tell me where you've been. And that's because that woman opened you up and recreated you. I think it's really important what happened. What happened? Well, she could, uh, my mother, if we're talking about that, was a very... Uh, a talented person who could get things moving. It sometimes somebody's talent can become overbearing, you know. And so I had to forgive her for that and saw that in her strength there is also some weakness. And I found that in people in general that our strengths have weaknesses too. And, Amazing. And to to I hate to cut you off, but yeah, I gotta end. I'm glad you came. You glad you came? Uh, it was very interesting to see people's responses. Yeah. yeah. And I, in, in a question for me? Um, do you have a strong woman in your life? No. Okay. Why not? Because when I had them, they almost destroyed me. Okay. And no such thing as a strong woman. Do you have a weak woman in your They're life? They're just weak men. Okay. Anytime you hear a man say that I got a strong woman in my life, he's saying he's weak. Can you appreciate her for her strengths with your strengths? You what? Can you appreciate her for her strengths to complement your strengths? No. Because? Because I have none. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Come weak. back next Sunday for part two. <laughs> you're weak if you're not strong. I, I don't, don't get the logic it's there. My, I recognize my weakness. That's what caused me to become strong. Okay, By so you're strong. I can do nothing. Yeah. Well, I think we're going a little bit in circles here, but I uh, appreciate being here today. Yeah, I'm glad you came, man. Thank Be you. sure to see, uh, where's Kelly? Oh, Ermis. See Ermis over there. Uh, and so we can get your information. I'm glad you came. You. I really am. Um, yes, James? Oh. So we're out of time, but come on up, Jeremiah. I want to make this announcement real fast. You're going to need a mic, boy. Do you know what you're about to do? No. Oh, he didn't tell you? No, told you. Oh, you told me to do Oh, okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> Turn around. <laughs> 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 
Come closer. Come closer. So you get ready in front of the camera. You're really acting like a good model right now. Somebody want to hire you. Turn back around to the camera. To the camera. You're black and slow. Show the cup. Show the cup. Show the back around the cup. There you go. He's getting there. He's a football player. He can't help it. So we have brand new shirts, the Fallen State T-shirts. And on the front, what does it say? Fallen State. And what does it say on the back? Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's amazing. So we have brand new shirts. Isn't it nice? Really nice. Good, comfortable shirts. And then the coffee mugs. The Fall Estate. And then on the back it says, Did you have fun? That should be a bit Yeah. This should be like, Did you have fun? Did you have fun? All right, so it's on our, we have it for sale here. Do we have some here? We have them here, and also you can go online, thefallestate.tv. And uh, we have a Patreon page there as well. But can you imagine walking around town with this on? Everybody's going to want to know you. So be sure to get them. We use all the money to make everything happen, the Father's sake. All right? And don't forget to donations and tithes and offerings. We have counseling services, the whole deal. And uh, thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next Sunday. And thank you all for coming. appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremiah. We have, we have one more announcement. Oh, okay. Um, Come here. I think Kelly's going to make the announcement. Oh, don't tell them about the men's conference. Oh, men's conference, June 16th. Come up here, right there. We have our ninth annual. He is daddy to the boy in the red shirt that don't know how to model shirt. We, <laughs> we have our ninth, ninth annual men's conference, Saturday, June 16th. Uh, comedy, great speakers, great panelists. Jesse's going to be doing an amazing talk. Um, tickets are going fast, so if you guys need to go to our rebuildingtheman.com site, RSVP. Uh, it also includes a great dinner catered by Komodo. So make sure you turn out and uh, support uh, Jesse's nonprofit. Can they buy tickets here too? No. In person? Get online. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Suppose they want to buy right now. Well, we have a certain amount of tickets online. So uh, okay. that's the way we do it, yeah. All right. And um, if you're not able to make it, make sure you sponsor someone or we're looking for advertisers and all that good stuff. All right.